Yeah. So that's uh, what you say. All right, you live. All right, you live now, man. We got knocked off the damn hangout, man. Yeah, conspiracy theory. Now, what we was talking about was hominid, hominid, and hominids. Am I correct in that? Oh no, you was building the case. What you say? All right, you live. Yeah, we live now. Yeah, we live. We talking about the hominid, hominid. And hominids trying to get everybody caught up to speed on that. All right, I'm gonna take the avatars out. Got you. All right, I'll probably need to do some updates on my computer too. That's what the shit be acting stupid. My little laptop been ignoring them. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we was trying to, we, we, we had a two hour discussion prior to the hangout. We should have been on the hangout talking about it, but we had to hash some things out. Um, so we don't get information confused. Uh, I think what we, we did come to the conclusion of is that we was talking about news, fake news, and I instructed everybody to take a look at um, Race in America by Charles Barkley. In the first segment, they talked about fake news and how on the internet you go to all these articles, right, that are talked about certain news stories, but they're fake. And they're fake because it's just people trying to get attention to their blogs. Same with the science, same with the science information. They want to catch you with an aha moment. They'll use the word human, but won't tell you exactly what humans are they talking about. Homo erectus, homo habitagensis, uh, homo gastar, um, homo sapien, or homo sapien. They're not saying what human, okay? Uh, uh, and so this is very, very confusing to those who don't follow Amaral Squad and who are not up on their studies. You're not just going to get it like that. All right, um, critiquing sources, chasing down sources, having newsrooms. All this is important when you're dealing with news. Having journals. Uh, uh, we have argument over how you read a journal. Arguments people don't even have. How do you read a journal? You know, uh, um, what part of the journal should you read? How do you evaluate the data? How do you create, critique, uh, critique the data? Is it a scientific consensus? All these things are very important when you're dealing with this information. But all they do is they'll throw a damn um, uh, what, like the Telegraph. Um, that's one, one one blog. What's what's the other blogs they have? We're not talking about journals now, just blogs that people are posting on Facebook, thinking they got it. But these blogs will put titles that are very very deceiving. I think we came at what's good, Ujao? Yeah, peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's right. right. And that's what that's we were talking about. about uh, that, uh, that particular. particular I'm hearing a big hearing echo. echo, but um, but, um that particular that article that we were looking at or blog, it basically kind of um characterized the question, and is like like you said, it's more gimmicky. You know, it says uh, the outer Africa theory is challenged based on um some modern research and some modern findings, and come to find out based on us having a discussion that it has nothing to do with the outer Africa theory at all. So what people people who are not well studied in the subject, they'll take the title and then they'll run with it and use and use the information in an um, inconsistent way with what the information is actually trying to present and trying to say. So we got to be careful of these titles of the article. And actually, the article does have a link for the actual paper, the journal paper. And so people should be encouraged to read that. And then when you go to that and read that, you'll find out that it's not talking about the out of Africa theory at all. So we got to be careful. We got to be, be mindful of that. 
So let okay, let's do this. Now yeah, where's your article at? And and where's your where's yours at, uh Ujao? Well, I, to be clear, is, is I didn't write the article. I did a Google search, so it's not my article. It's from a Google. No, no, right, right, right. I got it's you. Not, it's not my position. It's the position of the people who are challenging, whatever. Okay, so. But everybody got a different title for it. Let me see. So this, I can bring it up. I, I got it right here for you. I did, I'll share, share my screen so you can see it. Although I do not agree or take responsibility for anything in it. <laughs> okay, so um, so this is. Okay. Y'all see my? Do you see my screen? Up? Yeah, I can see your face right now. Okay, it's not shared yet. It's not shared yet. Yeah, I don't see it either. Let me go to my history so I can get some mm -hmm. of what we was doing here. Okay, so brother Reggie has the actual um, journal, uh, actual journal itself up. We don't want the actual journal yet. Yeah, we just want this. So we want the thing. So this is from the gene genetic literacy project, science, not ideology. Um, so if we go to about our team, you always want to look at the team. You want to look at the people who are writing to make sure that they're legit, but um, yet and still they, um, they published this article, sorry guys, they published this article about um, what everybody's considering fake. So the out of Africa theory of human evolution challenged by Eastern Mediterranean fossil evidence. So that's the article. Uh, Okay, so what's the other one? We need another one. We got another one. Um, who had the other one? See, I lost it when I turned up on the bag on my computer felt crashed. Um, let me see. Uh, brother Reggie, you you I know you I know you have the you have the actual journal, but you had you had mentioned the other one though the the one that said something else. Uh. Yes, I have. Uh, the other fake news was <laughs> from um, Europe was a birthplace of mankind, not Africa. I can share that screen. Yeah, that's a good right. That's a good one. Let me let me see if I can share that screen one second. Google, I gotta stop sharing. And I also got fossil discovery delivers blow to out of Africa theory. <laughs> right. So all right. So now people need to understand this. Because the titles of these articles or these blogs are not is not what the title of the actual journal and the researchers are uh, expressing. So we got to be mindful of this, people, because this is this is how stuff becomes. You know, it, it leaves science and then gets into uh, misdirection and wrong information. So we got to be uh, mindful of that. Those are these articles. Well, these blogs are not, it's not what the title of the actual journal and the research uh, Naya, I hear a big echo. Okay, so, oh, you got to hit a mute. <laughs> you got to mute. The, um... So, okay, so. Man, I'm hearing. It's not me, I'm clear. I'm, I'm muted, uh, Mujah. 
Oh, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm here like I'm here like five different me's talking. <laughs> All right. What you saying there, bro? Double up on what you saying. Okay, let me just say what I was saying. So, so now we understand that these blogs, we got to be mindful of how people are writing the blogs based on the actual scientific journals. So we got we got to make that distinction because a lot of times the blog titles do not match or express uh, in an accurate way what the journal is actually saying so we just gotta be mindful of that and that's you know it's gimmicks everybody do it you know they want to they want people to to click on their blogs you know like all oh, shucks out of africa theory is debunked you know so everybody's gonna click on it and and they want you know because everybody say the, the the new currency is attention the likes and and the views is, is the new currency these days but anyway so out of africa theory mm -hmm. so um mm -hmm. what does what does the out of what does the outer Africa theory deal with? Does it deal with uh, um, uh, any any remains seven million years ago, or does it deal with something more recent? No, it's called the more it's called the recent outer Africa theory. Let's get, let's pull it up. Let's, and, and it's clear on what this is. All right. Hold on. I think Naya Naya has it up. You got it, Naya. I got it too. All right, this is what I like to do. I always like to do this. Everybody been watching me for years, right? Um, okay, I pulled that up. I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do two things for you. I'm gonna pull up the source. I'm, I'm gonna start off for all those trying to get into a little study, right? I always start off with Wikipedia. Y'all can laugh if y'all want. All right, go ahead and laugh. Ha ha ha. All right, and then I'll pull up a journal of nature, and we can talk about that. <laughs> All right. So, are now, you trying to say that you're a wiki scholar? A wiki scholar. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> All right. Now, watch this. And that was a good joke, a good joke early on. But I just like to let y'all know that Wikipedia is considered an encyclopedia these days. Well, I think the only thing with that is that people are able to go in and put in a lot of user-generated content. So that's all it is, brother. Hunk, you know. That make it better though, because yeah. that means more people are challenging. Yeah, they, well, they should do research, you know, go into what it is you find there and, and take it further and not just stop right there. But, yeah. All right, so, so this is always a good place to start, all right? But don't just stop at Wiki because you can't stop at Wiki. That will make you a true Wikipedia scholar. What you do is it'll, it, it'll bring you to references. Hold on one second. Let me get I was saying Naya had it already had it up. No, what, the, the, the nature? No, the uh, wiki. I ain't looking for the wiki right now. Hold on, I want I want to put up the source that Wikipedia used because that's what I like to do. Uh, hold on, damn it! Just had that. Just had that. Told you my computer crashed. Uh, hold on. Mm. Yeah. So. Why you are you pulling it up? I'm just you know. So w Wikipedia, I know I, I've seen people in the past they cry about Wikipedia, but people who use Wikipedia, if you if you see the um the um subscripted numbers or superscripted numbers within the wiki articles, they always point you to a reference at the bottom of of the Wikipedia article, and so so it's really silly for people to to speak uh negatively on wikipedia when the references are at the bottom because in essence what you're saying is that the references themselves are are you know speaking negatively on that and and that, that doesn't make any sense because 
depends on what's being referenced, that's where you go. You go and you do your literature review. You go review the uh, scholarly work that Wiki is using or quoting or whatever the case is. All right, so let me get, all right, let me show you how we get down around here. All right. So we right here. All right, I'm gonna pull it up. I'm gonna see if I can screen, share my screen real fast for y'all. All right. So we can figure out what the outer African theory is and what it's not. So they just don't trick y'all and get y'all looking crazy. What's going on, brother Saul? I'm Ross Squad up. Right, he must be in silence. See if I can share my screen real quick. Let me show y'all something. I'll do my impersonation of Saul. Peace, peace. Yeah, man. <laughs> ah. All right, y'all see the screen, right? Yep. Now, it's called The Recent African Origin of Modern Humans, okay? Uh, it says, The Recent African Origin of Humans, also called The Out of Africa Theory, or OOA, Recent Single Origin Hypothesis, RSOH, Replacement Hypothesis, or Replacement African Origin model okay is in paleontology the dominant model of the geographic origin and early migration of anatomically modern humans homo sapiens which proposes a single area of origin so or my of no for modern humans so the outer africa theory or the ooa is stating that there's a single origin right for homo sapiens this is what it's talking about okay uh which uh hold on according to this model modern humans evolved in east africa and then began to disperse throughout the world roughly fifty thousand to a hundred thousand years ago now this kills that article that they posted dealing with humans in america think about this now at what uh a hundred and eighty that was a hundred eighty thousand what was that? One hundred and fifty thousand years ago, something like that. Yeah, that kills that. Cause modern humans hadn't even left Africa yet. But let me keep going. It said a single hypothesis is cited as having a scientific consensus. Do y'all know what a scientific consensus is? We talk about this all the time. A scientific consensus does not mean that every scientist walking around here agrees with that. It just says that uh, uh, the majority of scientists, all right, agree with this. Okay. So watch this. Now what now what references are they using in this? Because this is when it when you're supposed to get good. Uh let me do this one. It says, uh, Chris Stringer, June 2003, Human Evolution out of Ethiopia, Journal of Nature. All right, let me pull it up. Can y'all see that? See my screen? Yeah. Here you go. All right, this is my journal. I, I belong to the journal of nature. See my name right there. All right. So it's right here, human evolution out of Africa. I'm just telling you exactly what it is. Okay? So this is the source. This is the article you got to read in thorough right here. All right? But we get the source out of Wikipedia. And then you go here. Then you go to these references, right? And we'll just read all these references right here. Pablo. Um, Becker, uh, Clark. You just keep going down. It's about about 11, 11 references. So on a good morning, you just sit back, right, and you just read all these. And it's gonna and right. This will give you a good understanding of what the outer Africa theory is. Okay, let me click this on real quick. Origin of our species. 
Can y'all see this? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all got to know what y'all looking at right now. The figure shows a geographical and temporal dis a distribution of hominid. We're going to get into what hominid is population based on fossil finds using different taxonomic schemes. All right. Now, if you see this, you'll see Europe, Africa, and Asia. All right. You see, they start out here in Africa and they spread. Okay. You see right here, if you look at this point right here, you'll see Homo neanderthalus. You'll see Homo sapien and Homo neanderthalus. You'll see them crossing. You'll see them touching, right? You'll see they two areas coming together. That's where they mixed at. Okay? You'll see a, a mix of Homo hepatogensis. Look at this. All this, right? Homo erectus. Okay? Spreading out in Asia. Spreading out in Europe and Africa. All right? You'll see these areas where they kind of come together. So what I'm saying is, if you look at this, right? We look at Homo sapiens sapiens. You're looking at a combination of different, like Homo habitagensis, Homo erectus, right? You'll see different, different aspects of this coming together to form what you call Homo sapiens, all right? So for people to make that argument that, oh man, white people are Neanderthal and all this nonsense, come on, man. You'll find archaic human, uh, A00, all right? That clearly shows you that archaic humans mixed with Homo sapiens. Anyway, the point I want to prove, the point I really wanted to make was that the out of Africa theory is dealing with modern humans. So don't let them trick you. Okay? Homo habitagensis is a human. Homo erectus is a human. Homo neanderthal is a human. Orthopithecus, right, is not a homogeneous. It's not a homogeneous family. But at times, they seem to classify it as a human. But not in a homogeneous family. So you really got to study this information, man, or it'll confuse the hell out you. All right, and, and it's easy to be tricked. All right, so we got that clear now. We know what um, the out of Africa theory is, what it is, and what it's not. So this article, these articles that they're talking about aren't dealing with the out of Africa theory. All right, but they like to write it such like this one right here says, Europe was the birthplace of mankind. Not Africa, scientists find. Misleading. This is the telegram. The tell let me see. Let me can y'all see that? Let me, this, let me show y'all. Real fast. Y'all see the screen? Yes. All right, look, Europe was the birthplace of mankind. Mankind. What is the mankind? A kind of a mankind. First of all, not African scientists find it ain't even what they find. Because if you go into the actual research, it ain't even saying that. It's not conclusive evidence. They don't say that. All right. So me as a researcher, I don't even this ain't even the I wouldn't even deal with this. I'm going to go to the journal of nature. I'm going to go to the different journals. Hey, now you got one of the journals. Plow's journal. Nope, now you left the building. I have the real, I have the real, article. All right, let me see that journal real quick, Red. Put that up. You put it on there yet? 
Reggie already has it up. You had to lock it on the screen. All right, you got it up. All right, yeah. So this is the actual abstract on this. All right. And that abstract, it don't even have no read that. I can't even see you. Read that, uh, read the title of that article. It says uh potential hominin affinities of the Grecopithecus from the late Miocene of Europe. And then it says the abstract. The split of our own clad from the Panini is undocumented in the fossil record. And see, people people should stop right there and figure out what is what do they mean by our split from from our own clad from the uh, Panini or Panini or Panini. And and so they people have to understand that um, I think Naya, if you had that that uh, that kind of flow chart, I don't know if you have that available to show. But we have two. We have two subgroups of um, where is that? We have two subgroups of what's called hominini or hominin, and plural for hominini. They break off into two subgroups. One side is Homo, as a genus, and then the other side is Pan, as a genus. So that they're, they're talking about that occurrence, splitting off from the pan, Panini. So yep. they they're talking about this stage right here. All right, freeze. Watch this. Let me show you something else. Let me show you. Let's go to uh, New Science magazine. Like, I like to deal with these magazines. It's going to be way better than the blogger. They call it ethics is going to be better, right? They're going to be governed, right? This says, watch this, our common ancestor. New word introduced. Our common ancestor, our common ancestor with chimps may be from europe not africa keyword maybe they're not saying it is they're not saying that the, the outer Africa. they're not using any of that okay so and their code of ethics they know they just can't fake you out like that they're talking about our common ancestor with chimps now if you've been studying with us you understand that the common ancestor the split that's how we know that uh chimps and human beings share 98 uh, percent DNA is the reason for that because we had a common ancestor somewhere. So they're talking about that common ancestor, okay, may not be from Europe. I mean, may may be from Europe, not from Africa. So you're talking 7.2 million years ago. This is what they're talking about. This is what that Plaza article is talking about. But the other bloggers are outright pseudo. They're just trying to get views. What is the common ancestor? Okay, it's not talking about Homo sapiens sapiens. These articles, the, the these blogs will confuse you, and so our people will pick it up and they'll start posting stuff on Facebook. But this is not what it's saying. Watch this. You want to read that, Ujao? It says, um, "Oh, right there. All right." It says, "The last common ancestor we shared with chimps." seems to have lived in the eastern mediterranean not in east africa as generally assumed all right last common ancestor between chimps and human if you study you know it's about seven million years ago man do you know how long seven million years ago is long long time long long time it's not talking about homo sapiens sapiens no matter what y'all may seem to think all right so it's just interesting, man. It says this blood conclusion comes from the study of Greek and Bulgarian fossil 
suggesting that most mysterious of all ancient European apes was actually a human ancestor or hominid. However, other researchers remain unconvinced by the claim. This is this not even, they working on this. You feel me? So at the end of the day, man, to even put this up as conclusive evidence or as a scientific consensus, uh, it's not even right neither. All right, that's why I, I tell y'all to get new science, get the journals, right? Because we're dealing with a code of ethics and, and, and these people are at least trying to, to, to at least give you the, the, the information. Always go to the raw data, always go to the journals. Anybody else wanna add something on that? Yeah, I wanna say people really have to uh, become familiar, very, very familiar, intimately familiar with these terms, you know, cause that's the key to understanding and to follow the actual science itself. Because scientists are very, very particular, very, very detailed. Matter of fact, in that journal itself, they start off one of their paragraphs with with definitions. They say they say here in this study, we define this as this, this as this and this as this. So they, they're very particular and you have to pay attention. Be mindful of that. Like, for example, um, the genus, which is a uh, plural, is called genera and there's multiple genera. Uh, prior to you coming to the species, the level of species. So if you don't have it, that understanding, then it could be real confusing real quick for people. And so, and that's, that's what these bloggers, um, and I won't put bloggers under the bus, but that's what these, these blogs that people are using um, are banking on. They're banking on people's ignorance of this to kind of, you know, attract people and, and make a gimmick out of it. And, you know, it's all good as long as people understand what's up. What I would like to add is um, fake news is making a lot of money, right? And these and advertisers and uh, you know people who sell products and uh, people who want to make themselves important or name they need news. So when the scientific journal comes out and says something like uh, possible or potential provides intriguing evidence of what could be the oldest known hominid that uh, is going to make lots of fake news and bloggers lots of money. Now, our uh, community, um, you know, are essentially addicted to fake news. So we have all these flat earth Negroes and all of these uh, new bio biology Negroes, these new melanin Negroes and dopamine and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they, um, they need this to make themselves uh, relevant. But not white science we're talking about, this is science. So science, you handle it a little bit differently. So we're in this uh, age now where, you know, there's we might get to it or not. I'm not going to be up too late, but there's fake news on Malcolm. There's fake news on Garvey. That's there's right. fake news on science, right? And there's fake news on, on personalities uh, or people like Dr. Ben. There's just fake news, and we have a host of young people who have not had the benefit of higher education, who this is their source of information. And let the young G's fly. 
and let let the uh, uh you know so that's the end of my rant for now but we have to be disciplined <laughs> if we're going to survive and it's real yeah i think you make a good hey reg i think you make a good point here and i and this is why we do what we do so we can bring some clarity where you at asar he must just be out we're just getting off work or something um i think we no, just I'm, need... I'm here. <laughs> okay. all right you want to add something to that before we change i just kind of wanted uh just kind of show people you know how they how the bloggers do that and how to really get you the real information go ahead brother Peace, everyone, on the panel. And um, no, I'm not throwing the bloggers under the bus. Uh, it's Sister Naya, <laughs> but it's just funny. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't know the dynamics of all of what y'all were uh, talking about initially or what prompted this discussion. Mm. But um, as far as the some of the points in which y'all mentioned earlier, you know, as someone who is uh very steeped in mathematics you know a lot of what y'all just said earlier comes from mathematics first and foremost defining precisely what something is before you go into discussing it and um you know it's ironic that you hear a lot of these individuals on the street corners talking about mathematics but don't know anything about mathematics uh and be spreading misinformation you know, it can't properly define something before going into it. And and so uh, a, a prerequisite for having a discussion on any topic in mathematics or science in general is that you understand the context for which any type of uh, particular subject or, 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 or focus is being used or word or term is being used. And uh, I'm, I'm seeing this constantly you know people like to use scientific jargon but don't understand how it's used in science in general and and then don't have the literacy or the the competency to read scientific journals and understand exactly what is being said and what is not being said you know in those particular works now i remember for example um and i mentioned this in the comment section that there was uh, uh, a few articles arguing that ultimately, you know, the 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 great apes, you know, and of course, this is millions of years ago, originated in Asia. <laughs> now, the, the ultimate question is, what does all of this mean? Let's just say that our common ancestor did uh, originate in Europe mm -hmm. uh, for the chimpanzees and uh, the, the homo sapiens. The, the question is, okay, so what? <laughs> because what people, what people are underlying trying to say is that it is like, you know, the sense that I'm getting from basically what you are talking about is that there are some people trying to latch on to the fact that there is possible that human beings came out of Europe. So if that is the case, then this somehow lends some kind of credence to Europeans, modern Europeans, um, being the top echelon of what it means to exist and be human or whatnot, or that all civilization and everything originated in Europe and all of this other kind of stuff. 
And we have to be careful about these these types of discussions. Even Diop warned against such attitudes. For example, when he was talking about, um, you know, uh, African, I mean, human beings coming out of Africa, you know, he was saying strictly on the basis of evidence, do I make this statement? If the evidence pointed to Asia, we would be having a different discussion. There's no, you shouldn't put a value judgment on the development of a species coming out of a singular place because that has no um, bearing on what you guys are doing now in terms of, of human beings and uh, being human beings um, in, in that capacity or whatnot. So they're, they're trying to do what we call in, in, uh, in logic a, a transubstantive error. <laughs> and um, this is when you take, you know, uh, some knowledge from one place that's small and narrow in this place and then try to apply it outside of its context in areas for which you have you know no knowledge in so it, it's the when we talk about transitivity uh, transitivity is in mathematics where it's like you know if a equals b then b equals c or if a equals b and B equals C, A equal, therefore A equals C. So we can say that C and A are equal because A is equal to B. That's transivity. And so you make a transubstance error when you try to say, for example, that C equals A, um, but you have no established link between C and A like you would have, you know, saying with B. And so it's an issue of mathematics, it's an issue of logic, and and people don't again they use scientific jargon but don't understand logic first and foremost of course mathematics and then just the subject matter at hand and we get all of this confusion and i'll end there black African power was good uh six dimes you was going to say something yeah just real quick um i wanted to add on to that because in addition to that uh as i was we were talking earlier that it 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 in the con in the bigger picture and bigger bigger scheme of things it all depends on where you where you park your car if you're traveling in a, in a timeline going into the past it just matters where you stop your vehicle because if you stop it at a hundred thousand years ago then this is what you're going to describe if you go back seven million years ago then you're going to describe you're going to describe the split between the pan pan uh the pan group and the homo group if you go back further, you're going to find that the common ancestor of, of humans is going to be inside the ocean. It's going to be in the water. So we have to be mindful of that. Like how Asar said, the value people are placing on it is misplaced because they're trying to use it in a wrong way. And, and that's the sense I got, too, that people are trying to use this information to, to try to up, up one on the outer Africa theory, basically all this whole Africa thing. Now, our common ancestor must be from Europe, and that's supposed to trump that. When it when it's really silly when it's all said and done, because ultimately you go back, we're, we're single-cell organisms, and then you come forward in the future, we find ourselves in the water, and then we come out of the water onto land somewhere, you know. So, and I always say this, this, this ends the whole thing. Every single living organism is the same species of its parents and its children, period. You cannot get around that. In the chat room, I put uh, your inner fish in there. Uh, the PDF, y'all could read that. All right? Um, man, so uh, at the end of the day, as you traverse around planet Earth, 
you'll find different uh, things that humans uh, evolved from. We, we just don't pop up. Somewhere along the line, we was in the water. This inner fish, the Teltec fish, absolutely proves, uh, they, they call it the fish to do push-ups. Absolutely proves it, that, that this fish walked up on land, okay? Uh, has, has hip bones, shoulders, and all that. And I like to always use the example to show you. Um, let me see. Hold on real fast. Let me get my, my thoughts together. Uh, we'll use the example of the hoax gene, H-O-X gene. Look that up, hoax gene. All right? And so, so genes control body plans. And so that body plan that once was a fish that came out on land is that same body plan, right, that living organisms have. For instance, mammals, uh, fish have the same body plan, right? Like I said all the time, you got your shoulder blade. Connected to your shoulder blade is how many bones? One bone. You get to your elbow, how many bones past your elbows? Two bones. So you got your shoulder blade connected to one bone. Then you got your elbow connected to two bones. Then you get your wrist. After your wrist, you get many bones. If you look at this fish, you'll see one bone, two bones, many bones. Look at the cat. Has one bone connected to a shoulder blade, right? Then what time you get to your elbow, the cat has two bones. You get to the wrist, then there's many bones. Just the same thing in a bear, a cat, a whale. All of them have the same things. Look, I, I put it in the chat room. All right. Uh, look up hoax gene. I, I'll get that, that, that source for you. This is very, very important before you start worrying about where this came from, how it came from. Come on, man. We're living organisms on Earth. All right. For the stage of the Homo sapiens sapien development, so far as of 2000, we don't want to make, we want to say as of 2013, I mean 2017, is the scientific consensus that the Homo sapiens, sapiens evolved right on Earth. I mean, in Africa. See if I can find an example of what I just talked about. Let me see. Uh, pattern yeah. at the zoo. Let me see. Hold on. Man, that's a good book. We was going to use that in that debate. Remember that, Asal? Let me see. Wait a minute. See if I can find a picture to show y'all real quick. Picture two things. Well, you going to say something, Asal? I can't cut you. I mean, um, Ujau. Now, well, why are you looking for? I was going to just say that um, when 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 people read the blog titles that says humans and chimps, we have to remember that chimp comes from the line of Pan, you know, the the genus of Pan. That's what it's called. And then humans come from the line, the genus line of Homo. So you got Homo and then Pan, and chimps chimps come out of that line of Pan, and and Homo sapiens sapiens come out of that line of Homo. So that's what they're. They're speaking about long, long, long ago, seven million, seven point two million years ago, uh, the common ancestor between those two lines, the Paninia and the um, Hominini, um, or the Homo, yeah. and that's what's um, that's what they're talking about. So as long as people understand the, these terms, everything should be all gravy. Oh, and Brother Wuja, at one point, uh, I guess before all of the updates and everything. They were they weren't using that term panini. I think they were using pangids as the part, you know, it's what I'm looking at in the book, which is a cross between the gorilla and the chimpanzee, and it branched off from the hominids. 
and we would call it Pongids, P-O-N-G-I-D-S. Look that up. So I just wanted to say that, mention that. Right. Uh, that's a good name. point. Yeah, that's names a, change. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. what I say. That's a good point. That's why you have to stay current with the with the nomenclature. That's a key word. Nomenclature, vernacular, nomenclature. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. people gotta really get that. All right. Can y'all see my screen? Yep. Okay. It's say tracing arm bones from fish to humans. Page 37. I put the document in the room. It say I can do a similar analysis for the wrists, ribs, ears, and other parts of our skeleton. All these features can be traced back to a fish like this. This fossil is just as much a part of our history as the African hominids, such as Orthopithecus africanensis, the famous Lucy. Seeing Lucy, we can understand our history as highly advanced primates. Seeing Teltiklet is seeing our history as fish. It's right here. Okay. All right. See that? See that fish right there? See the arm bone, like I talked about. All right. Same with this next. Same right there. Same right there. It's a canine. Canines had the same thing. Right? Human arm. Same thing. So y'all also gotta look up um the hoax gene. All right. Let's see if I can find a host gene for y'all real quick. No, I can. Um, H, what I say? H O X hoax gene. Oh man, I did that wrong. Hoax. You go hoax genes. All right, I just do the first one. Let me show y'all the picture right here. Wait, whoa, whoa. Here you go. Y'all see the screen? Yeah, it. Yes. Homebox genes expression. Jolophilia. Melogaster. That's the damn mosquito. A fly. All right. See right here. These are genes right here. And each one of these genes, right? The A, B, D, B. Look at this. That gene right there controls this body plan right there. It matches up the color. Look real simple. This gene right here. Right, deals with this body plan. This gene right here deals with the arm, deals with the arm in this section, and so on. This gene right here, this gene right here, this gene right here. Read the history that y'all can look it up on YouTube. Right, find the right stuff on YouTube. Be very, very educational. Hoax genes, very interesting. A quick explanation for the hoax genes is they what they did was let me give you an example of what they did. They actually took a fly. Right. Let me see if I can find that. Let me see. Um, it took a fly, and they're taking a fly. Right. Let me change this off. It was trying to figure out why certain parts of the fly was defected. Right. All right. Let me stop this. So they did what? Uh, hawks. How you saying this? Uh, hawks. Okay, so I said you pronounce it hawks. And the nigga. <laughs> so this is how they figured it out. They was they they took an embryo of a fly. They took some 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 uh, a diluted type of ink and they shot it into this embryo, right? And they was trying to figure out how 
the embryo developed. Before this point, they thought it was a lot of thousands of genes that created these complex body plans in nature. That's where they was at. What they found out is that, that nature was very, very simple, right? And being very, very simple, that just a few genes actually controlled complex structures like the human body, like insects, right? And so when they shot this ink into the, um, the embryo, right, it started to light up. So they shot ink in one portion, right, one gene, right? And that gene that they shot that ink into, to the embryo, it happened to light up. One portion of the embryo lit up. And it was like, wow, so that gene controls that portion of the embryo. They say that's interesting right there. So let's see if this is true. So they took the eyelid gene, the eyeless gene, the gene from the eye that, that makes the eye of the fly. No, let me turn this around. They took a mouse gene, eye, eye gene from a mouse, and they place it in the embryo of a fly, right? And when that fly developed, the eye developed. And the fly could see. Then they realized that the same gene that created the eyes in the mouse is the same gene that created the eye in the daggone fly. Y'all can look that up. Very good video looking to that, right? Excellent study of how they figured out, right, that they're just small amounts of genes, okay? That, that creates body plans. And this goes with the age-old African thing that everything is interrelated and everything is everything. This clearly shows, right, that, that, that we have commonality with every living thing on planet Earth. Very simple. All right. There you go. Anybody want to add something before we move on? Any questions in the chat room? Real quick. Let me see what we got here. Uh... Talk about the switches in the genes. Yep, talking about we talking about the switches. You talking about old genes, new tricks. You know, so people try to get your evolution ain't real because of this. You know, you would need millions of genes to create this, create that. No, you don't. Old genes, right, can do new tricks. So the same gene that was once used for one thing, right, can transform and be used for something else, and they call it old gene, new tricks. Let me see if I can find. Something on that for you. Let's see. Uh huh. Give you an article. Uh, let's see here. There you go. Learning genetics. Let me put this in here. Uh, for decades, scientists understood that the process of evolution evolves changes. And proteins and coding genes, mutations can change and gene instructions make make it code for a protein with a with this slightly different function. Let me put this in it for y'all. It's a pretty good site here. They say the modification of gene switches provides another avenue for evolutionary change. Often just a few base pairs, uh, long switches regulate the timing location 
and level of protein expression without affecting the protein itself. Let me give you, let me put this in here for y'all. Y'all can read this. All right. I'll give y'all that. Then we're going to move past this. There you have it. All right. Okay. So let's get to Malcolm X real quick. Let's get to Dr. Ben real fast. Let's get to the pseudoisms around Dr. Ben, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. A lot of misinformation going on here. So we got Brother Reggie on here. Most people don't even understand what Dr. Reggie's, I mean, Brother Reggie's uh, um, actual commitment to the community was, and that was making sure, right, that the, the wise old ancestor, Dr. Ben, was straight. His brother spent years making sure Dr. Ben was straight. He spent years that defeated Dr. Ben. This is a fact. Okay. How do we know this to be the truth? Because Brother Reggie was the person that got all the funeral arrangements together. You're not going to be an outsider, right, and put together all the funeral arrangement. He made sure the obituary was together. He wrote that. These are things that only good friends do. Okay. So we're glad to have Reggie on here right now. Because I'm goddamn tired of hearing people say Dr. Ben died broke in the old folks' home. That's a bunch of bullshit. People don't even understand the inner workings of that. People need to stop that shenanigans. Not the pension, just because people go see Dr. Ben, all of a sudden they Dr. Ben students. They go for that crazy ass Star Ross pseudo goddamn setting. I'm going to say it. He stays on bullshit with that. Lies. All right? Lies. So, yo, so, so young Fudo right lied on dr ben he said dr ben was broke right in the old folks home so brother reggie can you help me out with that please since you're a living uh -huh. witness to dr ben uh, yes primary I can. sources I'm, I'm sources, secondary sources go ahead brother I, i'm trying to share my screen something is not uh opening up and i have an echo i don't know i'm gonna mute myself then let me unmute myself I'm going to bring up something about primary sources, secondary sources. All right, go ahead. I'm trying to show a picture. One second, if I can get this picture popping. I don't know why it's not uh, popping. Give me a second on this. All right. So while I try to get this picture up, that's why, because it, it needs to be somewhere else. Okay, so let me just, uh, okay, so let's see if I can put it here. And I can give you all uh, just a, if it comes up, I can give you a little uh, background. Okay. All right. Um, Dr. Joseph Benjo Cannon, uh, roughly around the period of 1996, Dr. Ben had began to have some serious health crisis. He had... Uh, a series of strokes. Um, he had a major stroke in Africa in Kemet, and they had to bring him back. And he had several other health issues. Um, it's, so by 1996, I mean, Dr. Ben had some very, very serious uh, strokes that affected his memory, affected, affected his speech, affected a number of different things by 1996. Dr. Josephine uh, Johannan was recovering, um, recovering, 
Um, but he was basically at this particular time retired. Uh, but he was still honorary. We um, so meaning we never knew when Dr. Ben would be again his greatest. But there were times where it was very promising that he was the old Dr. Ben. Um, so in 96, uh, 98, I didn't know, uh, I, I never heard of a Sarasun setting. Um, he may have been around, but in this uh, particular period, I never, I don't know what his age was. Um, Dr. Ben in 96, uh, in, in 96 or so, let me see, in 86, he was 60, 96, he's, uh, uh, yeah, he's, uh, 70 something. And, uh, yeah. So I don't know what was going on, uh, if he had a relationship with Sarasun or what type of relationship it was, but in 96, he would, he had began to be our eldest elder in the context of, um, uh, being very weak. 98, roughly 98, Dr. John Henry Clark, um, I think passes away. I don't, I got to get the right date. Um, uh, Dr. Ben was very feeble at Dr. Um, Clark's uh, funeral. He was, uh, he didn't make a very strong appearance, though he did speak because of his own health crises. Um, um, get, um, how can I say, you care for your elder, you give him space, you give him respect. It was that, you know, Dr. Ben had always been our leader. Um, we always deferred to him. At some point, uh, Dr. Ben uh, began to get uh, really sick. He got dehydrated, even though he had people around him, Dr. Arthur Lewis, for the people who are listening, and uh, people like Sarasun Seti, who might be listening, know is very familiar with Dr. Arthur Lewis, who was Dr. Joseph Ben Jokanen's uh, physician, who was also a member of the craft. So Dr. Ben, uh, Dr. Dr. Lewis was basically giving us guidance on Dr. Ben's health. At any rate, Dr. Ben uh, suffers a major, major uh, setback, and he finds himself, I think, around 2011 or so, uh, in the hospital. Um, and then he finds himself after the hospital into the nursing home. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I'm clear. Okay. So during this period, now, um, Sarasu said he would come to Harlem and speak about somewhere around 2011. He would, I helped promote an event, uh, Kemet Ruled the World, with uh, Brother Sekou for Sarasu Seti in Harlem. He was beefing with uh, Tahuti. Nether and beefing with the nation of Islam. Somehow, I mean, uh, somehow I wasn't uh, that connected with uh, with with uh, at that particular time. So I ended up getting sucked into uh, hosting this event. So the brother Sekou got sick. 
So I did most of the uh, work in getting Sarasun SETI to uh, actually um, do this event. Okay, so the event happens. A number of interesting things happen during the event. Fine, but I do meet uh, Sarasun SETI, and I'm in good terms with him. No, no big problem. Actually, was uh, pretty okay. No big, big problems. But at the at the same time, Dr. Ben was ill. Nobody was talking about this. Is the interesting thing? Nobody was talking about health at that particular time. Now I don't know. I forget the date when Sarasun said he did the Aline Bay debate. Um, I forget the exact date that he did it, but. Dr. Yosef Ben Jokanan at this time had entered the nursing home, the nursing home. He had gotten sick, entered the nursing home, and uh, for the first major time, so he was in the nursing home for a while. Um, I brought Dr. Yosef Ben Jokanan, I did, to out of the nursing home, out of the nursing home, which people are complaining about. Now, let me tell you about the nursing home. Can you still, uh, can everybody hear me? Now I'm clear. Wonderful. The reason why Dr. Yosef Benjo Cannon went to that nursing home is because his first wife, Rosalie, was already in that nursing home. So the children of Dr. Ben said, well, okay, we can have a place where we can care for both of our parents. So that's why Dr. Ben entered that nursing home because his first wife, Rosalie, where most of his children were born from, was in that nursing home. So he had four or five children that was born from Rosalie and Rosalie, and she was in that nursing home. So Dr. Ben ultimately entered into that nursing home because he needed uh, around the clock care, right? Which couldn't happen at home because something happened at home malnutrition and 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 became ill so they want to get ahead of it so to protect dr ben's life the picture that i was trying to show and it's not popping up uh, i'll try one more time send it to me to see if i can get this picture to pop up uh is that dr ben uh asked a few of us if he could come home could he, he asked, could we work on getting him home? So I had a meeting. The picture is just coming up. You see the picture? Yeah. yeah. Who's in that yeah. picture? Got it. You there? Yeah. Yeah. Who's in that <laughs> picture? <laughs> is that Al Sharpton? That's correct. So Wait a minute, Dr. Reggie, Reggie, is that is that a is that a fro or is that a hat? Uh, with me, that's the hat that I wear. It's uh, it's uh, it's my winter hat. My uh, it's a mink hat. Okay, no, I'm just messing. All right, <laughs> that's all right. Uh, you got a mink hat, and you know it gets cold in New York, right? So Russian hat. The Russians are coming. No, I just I just mess with you. Go ahead. That's fine. That's fine. You know we we get fly in New York sometimes. You know, so I know you out in Atlanta and stuff like that. But when that hawk come in New York, so at any rate. So Dr. Ben asked a few of us that was close to him to contact Al Sharpton because he was a regular at Al Sharpton's organization, African uh, 
a, a national network. And so we did. So I had this meeting with Al Sharpton. And you see me, you don't see a lot of people. And we, um, Al Sharpton came in his nursing home. And Dr. Um, Al Sharpton said that he would work with us to get Dr. Ben home. So now Dr. Ben, uh, he does come back home. So we get him to come out of the nursing home. Um, he comes back home. And um, now Dr. Ben becomes Dr. Ben again. He's the boss, right? Everybody's got to defer to him. He's our elder. And, and sometimes it became a little bit unmanageable because, you know, he had a slight bit of dementia and he felt that he was the same Dr. Ben and we we're concerned about his health and all of it. He gets sick again. And then he finds himself inside the nursing home. Now, his first wife is still in the nursing home at this particular time. The family of Dr. Ben says that we could see both of our parents at the same time. So these are obviously the people who are making lies about Dr. Ben being broke. Now, Dr. Ben was a uh, professor at Cornell University. That Cornell University is basically an Ivy League university, correct? Facts. Dr. Yosef Ben Julhanan has benefits. He has Ivy League benefits, right? Dr. Ben's uh, rent is paid automatically, right? Not by his family, by himself. Dr. Ben's uh, books are in his home. Now, before he goes back into the uh, nursing home, several things unfortunately happen. Uh, there becomes a lot of people who are going to Dr. Ben's house where he has uh, AIDS, and they begin to partner themselves with uh, Dr. Ben, and they begin abusing it. They begin, um, at one point, people set up a whole office in his house. They had fax machines, Xerox machines. And they were uh, copying his books, taking his books, et cetera, et cetera, at will. So then there was an officer, uh, Queen Nasia, who was very helpful in dealing with elder abuse, got all of them out, got all of these people out that had access to Dr. Ben, who Dr. Ben liked the company. So now all this time, anybody can knock on Dr. Ben's door in his house and come in and do what they want. And, and do photo ops and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Man, uh, man, uh, un unmanageable because, you know, you have to look over Dr. Ben 24 hours, seven days a week, and we just could not do that. And gets sick. He goes back into the nursing home. Dr. Uh, Jeffries calls me, tells me Dr. Ben is back in the nursing home, and um, then my job again is to watch over Dr. Ben. So I, I lived two blocks from where Dr. Ben was living. So I basically saw Dr. Ben uh, uh, once or twice a week for years. Now, at the nursing home is interesting because, again, anybody can come and see Dr. Ben. Now, he's in a nursing home. The family um, put him in a nursing home. Um, now, anyone could come and say Ben is being mistreated, et cetera, et cetera. Now, unfortunately, 
<laughs> one of my jobs was to make sure Dr. Ben was clean, to wash his clothes, and et cetera, which I did until I got the uh, until I got the his clothing registered so he could watch it. Wash, wash his clothes. Now it's easy for someone to come out of town and make judgments, but here's the thing. Um, you could see me anytime with Dr. Ben's uh, family, several of his children. Uh, I was at his, uh, the funeral of his son who got shot. I was at the funeral of his first wife and the funeral of his second wife. I never seen any of these people who said that they are Dr. Ben's students in any of those places. The people that were there were the usual ones, Dr. Jeffries, myself, Paul, and, and some members of the craft, right? I didn't see any of these people who say they love Dr. Ben so much and that they fed him. So what you fed him for one day or two days? So what? Did, did, the, I mean, did, did Dr. Ben's family know that you fed him? Family know you? No, absolutely not. So if the critical issue comes down to is, you can do anything you want when it's an open door policy and you don't have to deal with the family. The, um, the critical thing is that it's the family's decision. Dr. Ben was not broke, right? Dr. Ben, yes, he died in the nursing home. I was one of the last people to see him, right? Um, uh, Dr. Ben signed the do not resuscitate order at some point and you know, that was a difficult process for the family and et cetera, et cetera. These people, um, they say they love Dr. Ben, but they dishonor him by making him uncared for and unloved. That is something that they will have to live in, and that's a charge that I am saying to them. If they do not like what I'm saying, they can speak to the family, but they will never speak to the family because the family will tear them a new asshole. Dr. Yosef and Joe Cannon, unless you have any more questions, that is the, um, there are a lot of people that was, that cared for Dr. Ben, the craft of Hunefer, the craft of, um, of the other craft. Uh, I know that, um, people did come out of town to see him occasionally, like uh, Asraquazi, I did. And I do know that Sarsu said he came uh, a number of times to see Dr. Ben, but really just to see him. Money, and then just criticize where he was at, but he wasn't part of the community. Um, and if he had anything to say, he could have said it to the person that he knows what I know, and that is Dr. Arthur Lewis. I'll keep that like that. And he knows he can talk to Dr. Arthur Lewis anytime. And Dr. Arthur Lewis was his chief physician. And he knows Dr. Arthur Lewis because his uncle was a craft member with Dr. Arthur Lewis. So um, he can say whatever he wants to say blindly. Dr. Lewis tells it, it'll be a whole nother story. <laughs> so we know I'm not. And we know Arthur Lewis huh? is to the city. Well, I'm not saying that. That's I'm not going to talk about. I'm not uh, going to do it neither. I'm not. I'm saying right. I'm not going to do it neither. But don't play. 
Right. But stop he knows that disrespect the elders. That's what he and, need to do. And Dr. Arthur Lewis was mainly in charge of Dr. Joseph Ben Cannon's health as being his physician who kept Dr. Joseph Ben Cannon alive for many Facts. years. Facts. So, Things is died and all that. Facts. That's correct. And he was a member of the craft of who never. Now, so if uh, anybody has anything to say about Dr. Ben's health, talk to Dr. Arthur Lewis. But that particular person, I don't think he would be talking about Dr. Arthur Lewis too loud because Dr. Arthur Lewis will say, uh, will say what he needs to say. <laughs> and we're just going to keep that in the family. Yeah, we're going to so, in the family. Okay, so I don't have anything else to say about uh, um, um, Dr. Uh, Joseph Benjo Cannon, the elder who is my Carew, mm -hmm. except for um, um, he was my elder. I cared for him. I, uh, if he wanted to leave the nursing home, he would let me know. I got him out of the nursing home. You see me with Al Sharpton. I took Dr. Joseph Benjo Cannon myself. See? for the last event of honoring the elders for ASCAC. I did that myself, right, um, on behalf of a number of elders who asked me to do it. And people trusted me to travel with Dr. Yosef Benjo Cannon. So uh, they could say how close they are. Um, none of them was closer to Dr. Ben than myself. Um, uh, and I had a, a same or similar relationship with Dr. Uh, John Henry Clark. So um, they could keep lying all they want, but they can show you a picture where they did something for Dr. Ben. Show me a picture. Show me a picture, not a photo op. Show me where you, either Dr. Ben himself or others, did something. And when I talked to Al Sharpton, trust me, um, that's because of Dr. Ben. Dr. Ben said, Brother Reggie, go and talk to Al, Brother Al Sharpton. Tell him we need his help to get me out of here. And I did that. And, and Al Sharpton pulled a lot of strings. And ultimately, at the end of the day, Al Sharpton donated more than $20,000 for uh, Dr. Ben's funeral. Now, all these other cats, we ain't seen no envelopes on Dr. Ben's funeral. We ain't seen no envelopes. Hey, off of talking about Dr. Ben, we ain't see no envelopes of you being a major contributor to Dr. Ben's funeral. The craft of who never paid, Al Sharpton paid, and the community donated. Anything else? You can lie all you want. You can, uh, or just let us know when and who you sent the money to. But Dr. Ben did not die poor. He died well cared for. He just did not die in his home. But neither did John G. Jackson. John G. Jackson, uh, many, of, many of our elders died in nursing homes because at some point they needed critical care. So if you don't have any more questions on Dr. Ben, but if you do, you can ask me. But I'm just trying to say for the record, I was there. I gave critical care. Facts. Right? And they did not. So there's no way whatsoever they could come up and say they did. How much time did you spend with Dr. Ben? Right? Or I don't, it does not matter. The fact of the matter is, no matter who I, 
am, I serve the elder some quality of life. And you can see it in film. You can see me bringing them to Arlene Bay's Sarasun Seti. Dr. Ben said, "Who? where am I going? I said, to see one of your students. He, I said, what's his name? I told him Sarasun Seti. He says, well, you know, Brother Reggie, I got a lot of students. I don't know. But anyway, I want to see him. You can see the tape. You can see how much Dr. Ben recognizes him or not. Dr. Ben had hundreds of students. So, um, but one thing is for certain, Dr. Ben knew me, right? And, and that's because of my service. So I was, I was honored to bring Dr. Ben to Sarasun Seti's uh, debate with Ali Bey. Uh, you know, Sarasun Seti at that point, um, um, I mean, he was a great young man at that debate. But later, uh, the, the point to, to come out to say that Dr. Ben uh, could not match him, or the meta nature was not deciphered, this honors the core <laughs> of Dr. Joseph Ben Jokan's work. Facts. To be close to, to say that you're close to him, to, for him to have all of these books with the meta nature in it. Um, from Giza to Abu Simbel, right? To have a book like that where Dr. Ben went into the temple and hand drew all that medunecha from every corner of that place and did to say, well, Dr. Ben did not know what this meant. That is completely untrue. Okay, so that was long, but I just wanted to clear that up to stop these people from lying on Dr. Ben, especially people not talking uh, about Sarasun Seti at this time, but the other people who lie on Dr. Ben, who was not even born when Dr. Ben was doing his critical work. In 87, with Dr. Yosef Ben Jokanin, he was already 60 something years old in 86. Some of these children were not even born to be even talking about Dr. Ben. And even then, some of the other ones were uh, basically teenagers. Because I was 21 myself, right? 2021 myself. So they were basically 16, 15, and some of them were probably wasn't even born. Talk and lie on the elder. So I think I'm finished with that. Yep. 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 So you got teenagers and, and niggas that weren't even born talking. <laughs> Man. I mean, does it matter? It doesn't matter if you knew Dr. Ben at 14 years old or 15. Does it really? Does it really matter? How dare you talk to him when you was a uh, when you was a sperm? <laughs> or not even a sperm in the womb. How dare you talk about this great man and his work, right? And then say the black woman is God and everybody else is a motherfucker. <laughs> How dare you dishonor great people who gave up their lives and you have done nothing but just be a YouTube speaker.
<laughs> and I'm not disrespecting them. They have not been on the great and mighty walk of Dr. Ben and Dr. Clark. And certainly, look, I'm 52 years old. Malcolm's death date is 52 years old. I was, Malcolm died in February 21st. I was born in March 9th of the same year. Already lived and died before I was born. Mm -hmm. I have to show mm -hmm. some difference. Huh? Mm -hmm. No, I wasn't. He, so he died before he died before Martin. No, all right then. Um, so he, was born. Yeah, he, died, he died in '65. Martin died in '68. Okay, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yep, I was born in '68. Yep. So let me get this straight. Hold on, Red. Let me get this straight. Let me tell you what the pseudo claim is. The pseudo claim is, first of all. The Dr. Ben died broke. That's a goddamn pseudo-ass claim of people who never even really knew Dr. Ben at all. I never claimed to know Dr. Ben, but I know people that do. And I can talk to, I call him on the phone. That's why I'm bringing Reggie here to prove this point. We could bring Leonard Jeffries to prove the point, but the little son of a bitch might get disrespectful and say something about Leonard Jeffries because you're disrespectful. So you lied about Malcolm, right? Bull crap. Not about Dr. Ben. You just you, you you're trying to degrade all of the true African centered people, real black power, those who are dedicated to uplifting the black people, right? And you got this voice on YouTube. You think you did something, boy? Shame, shame, shame on you, and shame for the people around you that allow you to do that for you. Bunch of crap, man. Well, this is what we're with these days. We're with a bunch of crap, a bunch of YouTube sky. I ain't gonna call them YouTube styles. This you YouTube foolery, pseudoisms at an all-time high. It's crazy, man. Sperm. <laughs> Sperm ain't got a nerve to talk about Malcolm. Man gave his life for black people. And little chicken shits talk shit. That's crazy. Man, yo, we man, that's crazy. Man, I do not understand that, man. People get a life. And all now they about, get <laughs> crazy. About Malcolm. About Malcolm, this is what I heard. So I heard someone called in uh, the general and asked him, well, you the black power cartel. That's what you are, the black power cartel. And what the young dude is saying that to be pro-black causes pro-white. Dumb as shit. And and so he's anti-pro-black because you pro-black niggas. But the general is the general of the uh, mm -hmm. black cartel, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So he's indirectly talking about the general. Uh -huh. But the big problem is, and someone asked, I heard, and this is just what people say, but somebody asked, and they said that, well, what about all of this stuff that you were saying about Malcolm hanging up on um, parents? And <laughs> I heard that somebody said, well, they got that from the FBI, uh, the FBI reports. So, <laughs> so they're going to use the FBI reports as being valid, as being truthful? They didn't get it from the FBI reports, um, Reggie. Well, I'm not right. saying that they did, right? Uh, 
but all it, but this is what they said. So I want to clear that up. Shit, the FBI so, taped everything. They one thing the FBI said about Malcolm was that nigga was clean as a damn whistle, yo. Trust okay. me. They might well, have said different I, about Malcolm. I mean about uh Martin, but they said Malcolm, yeah, he shit was above board. Well, I'ma say this. This is the thing. Um, at the time Malcolm X was making most of his press conferences, he was a member of the Nation of Islam, mm -hmm. the most uh, important, powerful black organization at that particular time. So you might as well start talking about Elijah Muhammad. Come on. Don't be us. Don't come on. Don't lose your balls now. So Malcolm was a member of the Nation of Islam under the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. So why don't you extend that talk to Elijah Muhammad? Go ahead, see what happens. See, it's easy to talk about Malcolm, but Malcolm wasn't doing nothing that wasn't confirmed by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad at the time when he was Minister Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. Over Wally, but Minister Malcolm X. So why don't you, you could talk about Garvey, you could talk about Malcolm, you could talk about King. Why don't you extend that and say something negative about the most honorable Elijah Muhammad? Come on. You see, it's easy to talk about a dead man, but there are some dead men that you don't talk about. So Go ahead and look. That won't be a good thing at all. But since you so anti-pro-black, talk about mm -hmm. the most honorable Elijah Muhammad because he was very pro-black, even yeah. though he was a, a even though he was Islamic. He gave us a new type of Islam. So uh, the people that's listening, they know what I'm saying, right? So extend that, extend that to the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and say the most honorable Elijah Muhammad was hanging up on black people. Because when you're talking about Malcolm, so you really can't be talking about Malcolm because it wasn't, Malcolm was just an employee, a minister of that organization. So won't you talk about that organization? Put that charge on our organization, see what happens. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I'll be looking for the next uh, YouTube video for him to talk about the Nation of Islam, um, that they was hanging up the phone, right? Because Malcolm wasn't doing this on his own. <laughs> he wasn't doing this. He, he was basically the national spokesman person for the Nation of Islam until um, he was silenced. Hmm. And when he was silenced, Malcolm X uh, was pretty much, uh, yes, talking about the plight of a black man, but in a different way without the Nation of Islam. And he formed the organization of Afro-American Unity. Now, I went on May 19th, as I have been doing for the last 30 years, and we asked Brother Willie Stark, who was a young bodyguard of Malcolm X on the day of the assassination. He's one of the last of the people that was there that was part of Malcolm's uh, organization. Now, Willie Stark is a soldier of soldiers, a real general, real quiet, 
He was Ella Collins' bodyguard. And Sinetta's going to put it up, and he says it in clear, cold words. And you can see it on his face. And I am telling you that that would not be a good thing to say that around Brother Willie Stark. Mm -hmm. And he's 80-something years old. So I'm just trying to say that, man, it's easy to be in a conscious community talking, but there are elders that are hearing this, and they know that this is untruthful, and they have guarded Malcolm's legacy for many years. And there's other suckers like Boyce Watkins who, who got stuff to say about Malcolm X. We just waited, right? We just waited saying Malcolm X wasn't a good father. He left his children out in, a, uh, in jeopardy. I ain't never going to forget that from Boyce Watkins, who I never seen with Malcolm X, right? Had no right to say that. And so um, you could say anything that you want, but, you know, there's penalties. There's penalties on my end. I could say something about any of them. They're not going to forgive me, but I'm telling the truth. So that's my two cents about, uh, about um, clearing the name of uh, – how Dr. Joseph Benjo Cannon and my comments about Malcolm X. And you will see me on May 19th and you will see me in a black community. And one thing you won't see, you won't see any of them in the real black community. They're not leading nothing but toy soldiers. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, Joe, you want something to add to that and move on or what? Where you at? Are you gone? You disappeared. Oh no, I'm just listening. I'm listening now. You know, I'm I'm listening. I'm waiting for the next next uh big thing. So there y'all have it, man. Heard straight from the mouth of somebody that was with Dr. Ben. There you have it. Okay. All right, man. So look, man. Um man, any closing statements on the whole conversation, you job? Naya or Kaba, real quick. Um, no, I'm good. It was a perfect show. Uh, as always, information overload. The people want information. They don't want the drama. So that's what the squad always do, provide peace and love to everyone. Yeah, we clean that bullshit up. How about you, Joe? Yeah. Um, I just want to reiterate, you know, we all got to slow down and – Information is not, you know, we can't learn and microwave and speed through. You can't go 90 miles an hour to a stop sign, to a red light. It's just not going to work. You can't sprint at a marathon. Scholarship scholarship is a marathon. You got to not. Hold up, I'm hearing an echo. Um, you got to pace yourself when you're doing scholarship. You have to do literature review, review um, what the field of inquiry or the, or the scientific field says about it so you can be abreast on on what are the pros and cons what are the arguments are going on if there are indeed arguments uh that are happening and then you bring something to the table to support one of the sides of the arguments or you bring your own you bring you bring new evidence that's going to shape uh the consensus of both sides of the argument that that uh, that have taken place prior to you so we just got to keep all this stuff in mind and, you know, so I don't have anything to really add. I do. I did wanted to talk about um, some of the things I heard on the Garfield Zion Lex uh, sit down with uh, Egypt, the 42 laws of Ma'at. And um, Egypt, Egypt called the, the land of Kush or called the Kushites 
Nubia. Um, but we could do that another time. I know it's late. Yeah, we'll do that tomorrow. Surely made shit up. I mean, it's just so much work for us to do. How about you, Asar? Any closing statements, brother? Um, the black man is God. That's it. <laughs> black man is God. Oh, for those who are listening, they live in Atlanta. Come out Saturday. Um, you got the fly? Got the fly? Damn. Uh, give me a minute to put that up. Damn it. That no yeah. pseudo tour is going down. It's going all the way down. We're addressing all the phony, corny claims that has held the so-called community hostage. The foolery. All right? Make sure y'all be there. Man, 27th, Metropolitan Library. The driver going to put the flower up. Yeah, let me share my screen. Um, <clears throat> See people getting kicked out the chat room for just being crazy. You kicked yeah, out. So what's, what's, what's people saying in the chat room? I mean, you know, I know it's late. You need to question. them out so goddamn quick. We don't get a chance to read the shit. All right, I have the um, flyer up. But yeah, y'all come come, come out and kick it with us Saturday. Uh, no pseudo tour. Um, I can say what what the topic is that I'll, you know, bring up and discuss with everybody, share with everybody is the question. I raise the question. What do UFOs, magic, and God have in common? So that's the question. What do UFOs, magic, and God all have in common? And so that's what I'm going to discuss uh, in my time, you know, and uh, hopefully y'all come out kick it. Let's just have that discussion. I'm, you know, we'll go over that. Let me tell about the third eye. All right. How that third eye come from? Y'all going to be surprised. We're going to deal with that third eye. We're going to deal with that pineal gland. <laughs> All right, but uh, that's the that's the you got it. I think you got locked. You got locked on me. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Right. Yep, yep. Locked on. All right, so it's uh, Metropolitan Library, thirteen thirty-two Metropolitan Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, three zero three one zero. Uh, Saturday from one to five. So come on out. Um, be there. You know, get if you you know do your best to get there on time so we can kick it off. You know, uh, brother. Uh, Black Panther will be there, myself, um, Brother Unk, and I believe Nahisi. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't want to say that. Uh, but, yeah, just come out, Black kick Panther it. Be there. Right. All right. So that's the that's going to be the topics. And, and you know, we're going to and, and address pseudoscience versus science. Pseudoscience. <laughs> right. Pseudoscience versus science. Like, what is pseudoscience? You know, how are we using the term pseudoscience? And um, yeah, just come out, ask questions. We had a good time. We have a good time. We even have a good time after after build. You know, go out and support a black business, black restaurant, whatever. Go out to eat, and we just continue the conversation. And that's really where it gets good too. So come on and hang out uh, Saturday if you got children. Hey, it's, it's family oriented as well. You know, people have been bringing their um, you know, bringing their young ones, uh, so they can get some knowledge as well. So. Yeah, I think we've been knocking down a lot of those claims, man. Uh, class has been very interesting, man. Um, we're enjoying ourselves. And, I mean, you know, that shit's free. How about that? Right, it's free. And it's catching on like wildfire. 
So y'all need to be there. All right. Get them free classes. Need to be there. Need to be there. Get them free classes off the chain. Hey, Naya, you want to close? We got something to say this period. Ujjal, you might want to explain those clads. No, I just, yeah, you said eight, Naya, and now you're going to Ujjal. I just want to say, like, I think that it's important, like, in our community that we learn how to read science. Or just the, the, I think statistics is important. We have to start to break it down because eventually we have to develop our labs and we have to know how to properly address issues. And for me, just reading science is not enough. Uh, we have to understand it and we also need to understand statistics. And like Asar says, mathematics, although I'm not good at mathematics, I certainly know how to read statistics. <laughs> yes, indeed, man. Nomenclature. I always say that on Facebook. Nomenclature, vernacular, uh, definitions. No, you know, we got to understand the lingo, the so-called jargon. Got to understand it because in different disciplines, in different scientific disciplines, words can be used differently. You know, I always use the example of law with the word person, person to the lay per to the lay person on the street. We use the word person a certain way. But in the courtroom, um, in civil court or whatever, a person could be a business. A business is actual a person. A legal fiction is a person. So you just got to understand uh, how these terms are used. And please, please. If you're ever going to talk about evolution, learn about taxonomy, the tax taxonomic classification uh, system, how they how they uh, categorize things and what are the requirements for these particular categories. In other words, what what is required in order to put this object into this particular category? You have to learn that, you know, um, so that you can follow along and understand. And, you know, so that's it. Can I add one other thing? There is a incredible uh, documentary on uh, Sheka Antediop called Kimitu. And it's, a, it's some very rare pictures of Dr. Sheka Antediop that we haven't seen. And you will see that Dr. Uh, Sheka Antediop created a lab, right, in Senegal, a modern lab to do his work all are uh, standing on now. Uh, Ujawit, Ankakek, uh, Saw, um, uh, all of us, the whole Amirah squad, the Masi clan, we are all standing on uh, the work of Sheka Diop and others. But he made the first modern laboratory to do this work. And so uh, hopefully we get a, uh, I've seen most of the film, haven't seen all of it, but it's an important uh, film to watch the young Sheka Ante Diop lay this stuff down, no pseudo. Mm. That's, <laughs> man, that's important. And and and, and since you mentioned Sheka Ante Diop, Sheka Ante Diop, we, we're supposed to, he, he sets the bar. We're supposed to go above and beyond what he did to build on what he did not to go backwards. And I think a lot of people um, that get caught up into the pseudo science, they're going backwards. And if you notice, there's a pattern, they're attacking institutions, number one, and then they're attacking key figures that are pioneers of these institutions. So you'll get people that will attack Malcolm X, people that will attack Dr. Ben attack uh, um, even check out the job 
and all these people. So we got to be mindful of that there, there are people out here. It comes with that kind of territory because there's two veins. There's always a pseudoscientific uh, path and a scientific path. You know, there's a path of ignorance and a path of knowledge. There's a path of science, pseudoscience, path of belief versus path of reality. So we got to understand this, this, this split here. And, you know, you got to basically choose your side and, and people make their choices, but it doesn't have to be that way. So we just encourage people to study and learn, slow down, take your time. So I just want to add that, um, I always say that you can tell the value of a thing by the kinds of relationships it creates. And when you look at the kinds of relationships that certain elders have created in the community and what they have brought to the table, and then you evaluate those individuals and their works whom we you know, uh, affectionately called the pseudo group. Um, <laughs> when you look at their works and what they've produced and what you can do with them or can't do with them, ultimately, that's how you judge the value of what they bring. You have to ask yourself, what everyone is teaching, what can I do with it? What has been done with it? And, you know, can I can I build and sustain community with it? Like the works of Shekhanti Joe, you can build nations with it. And that's primarily because that was his focus, nation building. People talk about his his earliest works, you know, dealing with ancient Kemet being black and all this other kind of stuff. But you rarely hear conversations about his book, uh, Black Africa, an economic and cultural basis for a federated state, where all of that information culminates for a grander purpose. You can take what Shek Antijok put in there because it's a plan. It's a thin book. It's a little book, but it's a plan, a way to organize resources and to come together to build a federated United States. In other words, the United States of Africa. You can you can you can use that and build community with it. When you look at the space aliens and the third eye and the chakras and all of this other kind of stuff, ask yourself, what community can you build with that? What economic basis can you build with that? What can you do? What have they been able to do with it? What evidence do we have of such things? It doesn't exist. And so, you know, it's it's a lot of talk when when you when um, I think it was uh, Brother Reggie was talking about the lab, like Sheikh Antijok built a lab using science. It still exists today. The university has been renamed in his honor. In Senegal. When you look at the pseudos, what have they built? What can they possibly build and how useful will it be ultimately? for uh, the liberation of African people. And those are the kinds of questions you gotta ask and, and find a way to measure and evaluate um, when, you're, when you're looking at the types of information that people are presenting to us, to be used by us to enhance our current condition. I'll end there. Hmm. Yeah. If you wanna know a pseudo, 
Just look at their works. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with uh, Brother Asar. Um, people could talk about science. You show me in a lab. You could talk about melanin. You you name the microscope that you've seen it under, right? You name the equipment that you've seen. You won't see the pseudos with no microscope. You won't see the pseudos in a lab. What you will see them doing is reading some white man's book. That's what you see. But you will never see them with the instruments because they don't know how to use the instruments. They haven't been to these places. You won't see them in no museum. You, except for saying, well, that's fake. That's, I've been there, but that's fake. But you won't see them with the tools. You won't see them doing uh, high-level mathematics. You won't see their grades. You won't see any of that, but somehow they feel that they got the right to talk to our people, right? The work is hard. The work is long, right? Um, you make errors and then you learn to, um, to, to get better. You go through a process, you get graded, right? Sometimes you don't get the grade that you want. You do it better, right? You do it better for yourself. They don't get graded. All they get is, um, um, sounds good, King. I can't wait to get home, King, to and relax and watch you, King. Right? But they're not doing the hard work. And at some point, uh, like uh, Brother Saw says, um, it, it is, it is, it is going to show because they haven't built anything. They just regurgitated some work that someone else did, and think that. They're doing, they're helping black folks who are not reading, who are not studying. And uh, that's not the work that the Amara squad, uh, uh, the students of Dr. Ben and Dr. Clark and Dr. Jeffries do. Uh, that's not, that's not, uh, that's not our work. Our work is to be better, to be like the ancients, to always do better than our parents. Not them, they piss on our parents. They piss on the legacy of the greatest people that we know that walk this earth to make themselves feel like they better. I would like to also add, to piggyback on what uh, he was just saying, is to evaluate their students. Look at the quality of their students and what advancements their students have produced. Everybody that we can name that we say are great have produced students who are just as great as the master teachers. That is world renowned. Whether we talk about Diop, Obinga is, you know, in his own right, but he's still, for a time at least, you know, was an understudy of Sheikh Antijo, who have produced people like Abu Bukri Masalam, um, Oscar Pafuma. Muba Binge Bilolo, uh, Modupe Oduyoye, uh, the list goes on. When we talk about, you know, your John G. Jacksons and your John Henry Clarks, and, um, you know, these these people have produced your your Greg Cars, your uh, Mario Beatties, and, and individuals such as that. It's like when you look at the students, and the quality of work that they produce and how they advanced it, it tells you, in essence, the um, the quality of the teacher. 
And so that's another way in which you can tell, you know, the value of somebody's works and their teaching. Look at their students and what kind of and who are the top notch students of these individuals and what have they produced? And so there's a long continuity. It's an unbroken chain, as Dr. Uh, Carr would always say. First you know, time, first go ahead. Time, brother, uh, uh, or the, 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 the young dude sat on the couch. He was with Nature Boy when he sat on side <laughs> of his couch. Right? So it's also who you associate with. So he's with Nature Boy. Look what Nature Boy is doing out there. Right? So it's the quality of your students, and they have no good students. It's the, it's the institutions you build, they haven't built any institutions. It's the quality of the people that you're around. It, um, they leave a horrible legacy. Yeah, I, I I would, yes. Well, I would say I always say, you know, one one of the main goals of a teacher is to produce another teacher, not to produce a student. So yeah. that's like the end game. You want to produce a teacher. And, and, and so these people that we're talking about, they have produced teachers. And, and likewise, we follow in their footsteps. We and, and, and everyone knows that in order to become a teacher, you first have to be a student. So it's, it's a given. It's, it's, it's inherent in the, in the process. But your goal is to become a teacher or to produce teachers. That's, that's what you're pushing, pushing, because it's each one teach one. And we got we to, gotta, you know, the information is passed on from generation to generation by way of these teachers. And so that's all we do. And that's what we should focus on. So we got to be be careful of anybody who attacks this process, which and by that, I mean, people who attack institutions, people who uh, who try to divert people away from reading uh, books. But, you know, and they do it in a slick way. They'll say science is the white man's science to try to deter you from science, to, to play on your emotions of, of, you know, hatred for slavery and stuff like that, racism, white supremacy, and then label science as that. And then in your mind, you know, you're going to uh, not push forward to, to make that part of your um, study. Likewise, with institutions um, and now even the elders themselves. So you, so so we got to watch out for that, that all that stuff is detrimental to our progress. And serve your elders. It's a good thing to do that. Serve your parents. You don't see these people honoring their own parents, their own mothers and their fathers. How could they honor the other elders? You never see them in a family setting. You don't see that. You don't see them with their children. You don't see that. We're family oriented. So we can honor our extended elders because we honor the elders that we, um, that gave birth to us. We, all of us do that. They don't do that. They're so connected, disconnected. They're on this earth by themselves. And it's like, What's the uh, um, what's the car uh, the cartoon the Disney character uh with the the kids with no parents? What's the name of that thing? Uh, what's the name of that Disney? It's a Disney thing where the kids are uh, they're pirates. What, what what is the name of that? Oh, you talking no Peter parents? Pan? Huh? Peter Pan? Yeah, they're Peter Pans. <laughs> the Lost Boys. What they call the Lost Boys? Yeah, that's what they are. The Lost Boys, the Peter Pans. They're not connected to their orphans. They don't, and, and um, and so they don't, they 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 don't know how to be, they don't know how to be African, and we 
we as African scholars know how to be African first. They do not know how to be that. They are the lost boys, the Peter Pans of this community. <laughs> ah, trying to act like somebody beating up on the youth. Y'all crazy as hell with that dumb ass shit. Nah. Excuse my language. It's crazy. We have nothing but young students. Let's get that straight. Intelligent young students. You know, not willing to make up something, willing to work. Man, if you just looked at how Diopson did what they did, man, to get us to this point of understanding, man, to spit on that is absurd. You know, you spit on your elders, you like it's like spitting into the damn wind. You know, and everybody can't be an elder, and everybody sure as hell can't be an ancestor. So once somebody is elevated to the realm of ancestry, initiated into it, like you say, a saw, then that's to be respected. There's a reason for that. The reason why Malcolm was elevated to the to, to the realm of the ancestors, the reason why Dr. Ben was elevated to that, is they work. It's the reason why Diops, because they while their time was here, right, without them, the community would not have been elevated to a certain level. We can look at their works, we can go right back to the Cairo, Cairo Symposium. Right to the Cairo Symposium. 1974 Cairo Symposium. Proves my damn point. Challenge, right, scientific community on the people of Africa. Right now, you can go to, you can do a simple search research. Um, I think it's called what the invading, what is it, invading race theory in Africa? Yeah, inv invading race theory. I think that's it. Ain't that what it is? Asal? What is what is it, Ujao? Invading race theory. That was that call. And in in terms of like what time period, because you know, first thing that comes to mind in terms of that uh, the uh, in, invading race, as you would say, is like for example the so-called hermetic theory. Not where, that one. Not that one. Just so that's too history. soon. Are you talking about? I'm talking early. about when they were. It's called man when they trying to figure out the race of the Egyptians. And you can go. I, I know it's, it's a Wikipedia. Theory. It's, it's a um, not that one. The, the, the dynastic or some some race is yeah uh, invading dynastic. What is it, Ujao? Damn it! Uh, the, the name. Naya, the I gave it to you, Naya. What, what I said was, remember? I said, read this. Oh yeah, I remember. I can't remember it. I'm I'm tired. <laughs> you can check out. Sleep is, sleep is for the week. It, it's for the uh, regardless of of the, the okay, uh, word that you're looking for. Another variant of that, or another word, is is the hermetic hypothesis. Uh -huh, yeah, uh, is it's these so-called dark whites, which they call the Hamites, uh, came from Asia and built civilization in Africa, and the Africans took the languages and parts of the culture. Uh, and spread it into Africa, but it came through these Caucasians, these quote unquote dark whites, and this is part of that uh, hematic hypothesis. I uh, I got it. The, the mm, dynastic race theory. Yeah, that's it. Ah, yeah, that's actually, the hematic theory is another one too. That's a good one. With white people in Africa, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, I should. Uh, one day we're gonna have to talk about this one book I got. Um, Darn 
it's it's like pygmy katabu it's, it's called pygmy katabu mm. and this book is you know they swear again this is one of those you know dynastic race pieces uh it has some good jewels but you have to be able to really discern you know what is what because the author is very racist as hell but um he they even got in this book there's so bold to say that the twa are really caucasians mm. uh from europe who came into central africa uh and and settled themselves there <laughs> and i'm like you know this that's you know, the I think this was written in the, um, the 70s. I have this other book about the Batois, too. And I was wondering, because uh, when, I, when I read it, you know, speaking of Dr. Ben and the whole um, the Mountains of the Moon thing, this person is re- repeating what Dr. Ben said in that text. And I have it, and I forgot which text it is. And and it came out in, I think, like the early 70s, like 71, 72. So I forgot when Dr. Ben's book came out where he was making that argument. But my my point being is that they both had to have gotten that from somewhere. And I was trying to see if I could trace the source of where they got that phraseology and those ideas from. Um, But that's another topic for another day. But But you know this? That's interesting. I'm saying that's interesting because that what you're talking about is actually set the set the stage for the continuation of of why today people say the 25th dynasty is the Nubian dynasty or the black pharaohs and things like that, because they had to fit us in there somewhere. And they kept pushing up to that point. They kept pushing that, you know, Egypt was was uh, was created, you know, by way of either Asians or Caucasians you know, for a long time. So it's kind of saying in that same, um, in that same vein. And this is why I, I speak against using the word Nubian, which is, you know, we're gonna cover tomorrow, I guess, with uh, what was said the other day um, on the other show about Nubian, you know, Egyptian called the uh, Kushites Nubians and things like that. So we need to straighten that out because it's caused a lot of confusion. I think people really need to, um, you know, learn a thing or two about that. So we can't be fooled. Yeah, we can. We're going to rock that clear. Watch this. Um, we're going to need a whole fresh set of circumstances to do that. Right? Make sure it's clear. Uh, you smash the saw. We can get real in-depth on that. I think that'd be good. I know everybody is, is winding down on their attention span right about now. But let me, kind of, let, let me throw this in to finish my point about the works. Right? That that, 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 that that caused people to be elevated to the realm of the ancestors, right? So we deal with the uh, dynastic race theory, okay? It says it's no longer accepted thesis in the field of pre-dynastic archaeology. While it is still accepted, they say while, while it is still accepted, the Nakata two cultural burial uh, abundantly from, what is this, borrowed, Culture borrowed abundantly from Mesopotamia. There, you see, there does not exist any clear break in material culture between Nakata one, Nakata two, to indicate a native culture was being uh, supplanted by invaders. Let me move down here to the Afrocentricity, or Afro, uh, what is not Afrocentricity, Afrocentrism. 
It says in the 1950s, point I want to make, when the dynastic race theory was widely accepted, let me say this again, in 1950, when the dynastic race theory was widely accepted by mainstream scholarship, right? The Senegalese Egyptologist, Shikandi Diops, was publishing his theory that the ancient Egyptians was black were black Africans. Diops paid special attention to the emergence of the dynastic race theory and claimed that European scholars supported this theory to avoid having to admit the ancient Egyptians were black and to chastise them as Semitic or Caucasian. The reference on that is Epic Encounter Culture Media, U.S. interests in the Middle East. All right, and keep going. Other prominent Afrocentrists, including Mark Bunnell, later also argued against the dynastic race theory in favor of black Egyptian model. You can read this in Heresy in the Universities, the Black Athena Controversy and the Responsibilities of American Intellectuals. Now, the most recent contributor, I don't even want to read that part. Anyway, let me move on to uh that's that's one of the things that diops did so remember he go against the whole establishment with that how many pseudos amongst you have done that and changed the way people think about their culture diops did that also look at the ancient egyptian race controversy that's another one right hold on hold on brother uh remember uh allegedly that was about to happen with young Pharaoh and the professor, but you and Sister Naya ruined all that. <laughs> I knew you was gonna blame me for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, bunch of bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -mm -mm, boy, you funny. He said he was about to be like Khalid Muhammad, and he compared himself to Malcolm X. So it's surprising with this new video, Malcolm X was somehow too pro-black. He certainly compared himself to Malcolm X in that video. Mm, 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 mm. Watch well, this. It say at the UNESCO Symposium, right, on the people of ancient Egypt and the decipherment of the Meretic script in Cairo, 1974. That's what I talked about. The black hypothesis met profound disagreement. It say most participants concluded that the ancient Egyptian population was indigenous to the Nile Valley uh, and was made up of people from north, south of the Sahara who were differentiated by their color. The arguments for all sides are recorded in UNESCO published in the General History of Africa with the origin of Egyptians chapter being written by none other than chick anti diops it says since the second half of the 20th century most anthropologists have rejected the notion of race as having a validity in the study of human biology stuart tyson smith writes in 2001 cyclopedia of ancient egyptian uh is characterized the race of the ancient egyptian depends on the modern cultural uh definitions not a scientific study thus the modern american standard it is responsible to characterize 
the Egyptians as black huh, while acknowledging the scientific evidence for the physical diversity of Africans. Yep, Frank M. Snowden asserts Egyptian, Greeks, Romans attach no, spe no special stigma to color of the skin and develop no hierarchy notions of race, whereby the highest or lowest position in the social pyramid were based on color. Okay, additional uh, typological and hierarchical models of race have increasingly been rejected by scientists in favor of the models of geographical origin. Hold on. Let me, uh, they say it is now largely agreed that dynastic Egyptians were indigenous to the Nile area about 5,000 years ago. The Sahara dried out and part of the indigenous Sahara population retreated eastward towards the Nile Valley. In addition, people from Middle East entered the Nile Valley, bringing with them wheat, barley, sheep, goats, possibly cattle. The national Egyptians referred to their country as two lands. During the pre-dynastic period of about 4,800 to 4,300, the, the, the Medin culture flourished in the northern part of Egypt, Lower Egypt. This culture, among others, have linked the Levant Middle East, the Levant to the Middle East. It says the pottery of the Butu Madan culture, best known from this site, Madi near Cairo, also shows connection uh, to the southern Levant. So anyway, at the end of the goddamn day, you got to look at, <laughs> hold on, let me, now nah, I was just finished reading this shit. Two lands on the period of I said that. This culture, man, I did that. The Cairo say also shows connected to Southern Levant as well. It say in the southern part of Egypt, upper Egypt, the pre-dynastic Bedarian culture was followed by an Akala culture. These people seem to be more closely related to the Nubians than with Northern Egyptians. Let me see this. Hold on. Let's see what source they're using here. Zakwali Salma, population containing or population change, formation of the amount of Egyptian state, American Journal of Psychological Anthropology. I have a source for that. Interaction Dig, Heliopolis, Nubian Pottery. Okay, due to geographical location and crossroads of several major critical area, Egypt has experienced a number of foreign invasions during the historical times. Anyway, at the end of the day, all this shit, <laughs> all, all that I'm talking about right now, right? If not for the great shit, Anthony Diops, they still be running around acting like the Nile Valley population was not indigenous. And for this, Diops is elevated, right, to the level of ancestors because without his work, we would not be lifted, right, and the community would not be better off for it. That's the whole goddamn long point I was trying to make. You know? <laughs> hey, I want to say, say this too. Uh, I'm, I'm reading the comments. Yeah, somebody asked who, who founded UNESCO and all that stuff. Yeah, hell with and, all that shit. No, I know, but I'm saying it's like who, who founded Google and YouTube as if to say that based on that or or bringing that up as if to say that um you know you can't find a google or youtube video that is all wise right and exact factual helpful etc cetera, etc cetera. so those, those are irrelevant divergent um topics that people bring up 
Especially when you're using the internet. So who founded the internet, Negro? Why are you using the internet? Why are you using the phone? (laughs) Why are you you riding the train or a car? Right? Right? That's why why we got to be, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's exactly what you're saying. You see, um, see, their arguments are illogical. You are using modern technology, right? You're using institutions that create standards, right? UNESCO is a standard of creating organization for a number of different things. And you're worried, but you're using the internet and you don't see the contradiction. Um, listen, take a flight out there, join Nature Boy, bathe in the river, right? <laughs> but I tell you one thing. You won't be be bathing in no African river. You might get away with a South American river. You go out there and bathe like that in the African river and see what happened to you. So, uh, look, like these people are anti-society, very, very limited. Science means that you use the tools that are available for you. You use the institutions that are available for you. Otherwise, we're not going to win this war. We're going to be right back into slavery. I'm going to put this in in the chat room for you so you know who started UNESCO. What the hell wrong with y'all, man? Yeah. um, There you go. Read it for yourself. No, he said we're very emotional. No. Very uh, emotional, man. Get out of here with that. that No, the point, point, no no matter what the point is, my point is that what happens is that people will divert the 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 issue or the point and create a frivolous or you know a something else and then people gravitate towards that we we have to understand that what we're talking about is scientific literacy what we're talking about is correct method rigorous research methodology all of these things these things are already as we as as it is it's already difficult to get people on board with that so we have to stay focused and not be easily distracted by by side points you know not even to say if the side point was a negative thing but we got to be we got careful because it's easy to get distracted because because we tend to to go the lazy route and everything like okay so now somebody looks up who founded unesco let's say all of a sudden it's a white person who founded unesco this now that's going to give an excuse for people to blow up nah i ain't even going to research nothing use unesco everything unc said about unesco up let me get it get rid of it check on the job dr theophilo benga up forget that forget their works because they dealt with unesco now i'm not now now people didn't say that in the chat but that's how it can go so us knowing that you know josh coleman josh coleman we took your point wrong yo we apologize bro all right. So what was your point for saying that? Just curious. Let me see. Get that out. We don't want to misrepresent some of our ideas at all. What's your point for saying to be careful? This is Julian Huxley with others did already know. OK. I mean, I don't get the point. What, what, what's your point, though? I'm trying to figure it out what I do, what I, the point I use it for. Is because that was a platform that Diops and Theophile Banger used, you know what I'm saying, to prove that the population in the Nile Valley was indigenous people. That's why I would, that was my point for using it. I mean, but you, you wouldn't have to go to UNESCO, just go straight to Diops' work. So, I mean, um, Banger's work, just go straight to the works. And it just speaks uh, to your point, you're on the saw point, though, that what do the pseudos leave and i was showing them 
what people like Diops left. Right. Dr. Ben left. They left works. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's these uh, side points, and because they're uh, our audience, we have to respond to them. And not try to change their mind. Now he said he wants us to break down their agenda. The agenda is to save world historical sites, man. That's their agenda, bro. That's what they do. They got the money and they reserve. I mean, preserve historical sites. Okay, can I add one thing? Because uh. Um, cause you know, I'm reading the chat. And so I see Ms. London Taylor, Reggie already did very emotional. Brother Reggie is very passionate about this work. I'm 52 years old. I've, uh, spent an enormous amount of resources in my life's time. I am passionate about educating our people. I do this, um, a lot. You see me. Uh, Ms. London, if you watch, you see me with the elders. My elders are very passionate. Dr. Leonard Jeffries is very passionate. Professor Small is very passionate. But you saw me with Dr. Joseph Benjo Cannon, who is very passionate. And Dr. John Henry Clark, very passionate. Professor Edward Scobie, uh, very passionate. If you heard any of them speak, you may call it emotional. But we give up so much for our people in the context of education. So to limit me to emotion is uh, is very limited. When um, when I'm uh, emotion, just I'm just it, it's a feeling without any connection. My work is around um, educating African people, and I do it very well. I do it very well. If you ever get a chance to go to a museum with me, you ever get a chance to have a conversation with me, you will find um, that you that you will learn. And I'm a student too, so I'm always learning. But to limit a black man, do you say white people are emotional? Who are you comparing me to? I am not trying to be overly charismatic, but what I say on this show as bearings, something that you can learn from, at least my experiences. So um, please don't limit me. I don't know you, sister. I would not want to limit you, or I would not want to limit your sons or your daughters. But to limit another black man is doing the service of the white man, right? Especially when people put in work. I am older, I am 52 years old. I am not a child, and with all respect, if you are not 52 years old or 50 years old, I am your elder. Any connection with our people's culture, then you should understand that there's a, a, a slight difference that you should pay because I am an elder and I do this work. So. <laughs> I'll say yeah. that. Hey, let me see hey, something. Hey, you got you yeah, got to get a backlink out uh, when we do this again. Just get a backlink out at the, at the end, cause see, after at the end of every everything like this, we gotta you know give people a chance to ask questions or something because that's what's gonna have to happen. Um, Damn, you know, in here, yo. that's a that's a good thing to have. have Damn, to happen. Here. 
Maybe we had a phone lines up tomorrow. How about that? Yeah, either way, it's 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 uh it's great. Yes, indeed, because you know things might get lost in it in the interpretation or yeah. people people click in late and they don't see uh the points that were made earlier and things like that. Um that's how it is. Just happens like that. Yes, indeed. But science is the way to go. Science works. Pseudoscience does not work. Pseudo meaning fake, science meaning knowledge, fake knowledge. You can't get anywhere. Just like fake food. You can't eat fake food. You try it, you get sick. You can't drive around in a fake car. So what makes us think that we can have progress with fake knowledge? We can't. Science works. Pseudoscience doesn't work. And it's like a continuum. <clears throat> if the percentage of pseudoscience overshadows science, then you're going to fail. It's the bottom line. And if you're speaking about ancestors that were killed in battle, like El Haj Maliko Shabazz, Malcolm X, and King, and you're nothing but an assassin. You're assassinating them again. You're no different <laughs> than people who assassinate You ain't lying, yo. Right, you're an assassin. You go down in the history of being an assassin because you're speaking negatively about someone who was assassinated for black people. Right, you dishonor your ancestors, right? And there's a penalty to pay. So when you start using these words about spirituality and all that stuff like that, there's a penalty that if you believe that, there's a penalty that you pay by dishonoring um, Dr. Yosef Ben Joe Cannon, Dr. Uh, John Henry Clark or Garvey or Malcolm X or any of those, that's not African, you're something else. And so you're just killing Malcolm all over again. <laughs> and, and also I see people with this ma'at. Um, I see this a lot. People in conversations, people say, you know, do we practice ma'at? Ma I know Joseph Coleman just said, we we just read ma'at. We have to practice it. And that's very true. That's fine. But you'd be surprised. A lot of people really don't know what ma'at actually is. I know. But, but yet we'll say it, you know, things like that. So, you know. Um, Nah, nah, Joseph, you got a little bit, a little slight game with you, bro. I've read in your comments, you got a little. Why don't you explain to us what the hell you was asking? It seemed like you know more than you trying to tell. Let's do that. Let's start get, off with that, bro. I give the link. Let, why let, you asked the question? When I gave an answer, you said it was vague. Now the only reason you know it was vague because you must have had more information. What is your point about the UNESCO thing? Give us your clear point. And I guarantee you, his point is diver is a diversion from the point that we were on. And that was my whole point. My whole point is that when people do that, it diverts. Not to say the brother is saying something negative or anything like that. It's just that wasn't the point. And see, we gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta keep it focused. We gotta learn to stay on topic, stay, keep the focus going and stuff like that. We're pushing science. And your point for bringing up Nesco in the first place, as you said, was to support what Asar was saying about institutions and what teachers leave behind and so on and so forth. Right. So if that's not if that's not in the same scope of that point, right. then that's a separate conversation. And that's right. cool. We can have that, but that's that's different. We just gotta acknowledge that. We gotta learn how to communicate and and have discussions. Man, we need discussions one on one again. I think you're right. The, the conversation be too serious to be running all through rabbit holes. Go ahead, Asal. No, I was just going to say on that point, you know, another uh, example of what you were talking about in terms of shifting the consciousness in important places is as a regards Sheikh Anta Diop and 
Dr. Theofalo Wabenga, we have to remember that they also have shifted the orientation mm-hmm. of an entire Egyptology department in hey. Spain in terms of uh, Barcelona. So mm-hmm. the head of that um, Egyptology department is Dr. Uh, Joseph uh, or Joseph uh, Carvello, I think, uh, or Tarori. And this is what the Barcelona, uh, he's at the University of Barcelona, Spain. So, you know, as a result of their works, now when they're looking at trying to answer certain mysterious questions as it regards ancient Egypt language and culture, they only look towards Africa because the other places can't explain. But this is a direct result of Sheikh Antijok and Theophile Wabinga, where they changed the whole Egyptology department, you know, in, um, uh, in Spain in terms of that direction. And it's slowly trickling in terms of methodology in other important areas as well, and other schools of thought um, as well. And so, you know, that's that's a testament to, you know, the power of one his approach, the kinds of questions he was asking, and um, and his overall impact, you know, on the whole field of Egyptology to the point where they can't even come out directly, you know, and make the same arguments that they they tried to uh, once before. And now, and this is something I wanted to add earlier to the conversation, it's not only about, you know, your students, you, you, cre- you teach students in your particular field, not so that you will always have a master teacher and student relationship what you're doing is you're developing colleagues and and this is the this is the difference between you know certain people who you know are are teachers but their students never um get to that level of where they are and produce you know the same quality works you're supposed to produce and help to develop colleagues. So, you know, if Shek Diop uh, was alive today, it wouldn't just be him and Theophilo Obinga. We now have a whole Afrocentric uh, school of Egyptology coming out of Africa that backs up and is continuing and building the work building on the works, I should say, of Shekhanta Diop and Theophilo Wabinga. It's an army now of colleagues taught by these individuals and or inspired by these individuals who are now making, you know, uh, some very important, uh, how should I say, uh, discoveries and analyses and publishing works and things of that nature. Uh, that the world Egyptology community has to contend with and even cite like it it it, it interested me that I was looking at um Gabriel Takak's book on on his the the few books that he was able to publish before he passed um dealing with the etymology of certain words in ancient Egyptian so it's three volumes that were out um the, the initial introductory one, there's one on the letter M. So all the words in Egyptian dealing with the letter M. And then um, I think it was P, B, P, and something else. I forgot what the other letter was. Those are the only three that came out. But in it, 
who is besides all of the European Egyptologists and stuff like this when it comes to analyzing words, who else is he citing? Shekhat Diop, Theophilo Wabinga, and another um, brother out of the Caribbean Egyptologist. Uh, ah, I forgot his name only because I need to think of it at this moment. But it'll come, um, at the, I know it's Dr. Allen, uh, Dr. Ans Anselin. Um, Alan Anselin. Alan, yeah, uh, Dr. Alan Anselin. Um, out of the out of the Caribbean, who who also is ahead of this journal, um, out of there. But I'm I'm looking at these African-centered Egyptologist works, like you know, their work is so important that he couldn't create a volume, you know, dealing with the ancient Egyptian language without citing them, you know, and and analyzing their works on the on the merits of the scholarship. And so these this is these are things that you have to keep in mind when you're talking about the impact of such you know just using Shekhati Diop and Obinga as examples as exemplars of of you know the level of where we're supposed to be at you know at minimum in 2017. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm gonna put hey, this, gonna put this in. real quick. Real quick. You saying Yeah, that ancient, that that ancient Egyptian race controversy is a trip. If you just scroll down to the, the Egyptian art, no, to the, the historical hypothesis, right? On um, the Black Egyptian hypothesis, say the Black Egyptian hypothesis is held by various authors, and it tells you like Diops. Let me see. A W. E. Du Bois, The World and Africa. Uh, Chancellor Williams, Chicago, Diops, Africa, The Origin of Civilization. Um, Chicago, Diops, Civilization, Barbarism. Uh, George, George Montar, General History of Africa. John G. Jaskin, Introduction to African Civilization. John G. Jackson. Ivan Van Sertema, African presidents in early Asia. Mark Mark Bunnell, Black Athena, and Robert Bovell. Uh, it says that the ancient Egyptians was indigenous to Africa and Black civilization. This includes a particular focus on links to sub-Saharan cultures and the questions of race and specific. Uh, notable individuals from dynastic times, including Tutankhamun, uh, and the king represented the great Sphinx of Giza. Let me, let me move on. So you got the Black Egyptian hypothesis. You got the Asiatic race theory, right? That's what the Moors be using. They don't even know it. It says the Asiatic race theory holds that the ancient Egyptians were the lineage descended from the biblical hand. That's what Lord Abba Dabba do. Be saying that nonsense. The Canaanites, yeah, thought the son of Mizraim. This theory was the most dominant view from the early Middle Ages. Remember, I told y'all that I talked about that. How they thought life started in Asia. So whenever y'all use that, y'all using the biblical narrative, which is foolery. Um, that's the Asiatic race theory. Your Moors use it. Then you got the Caucasian. Uh, I saw something about that. Caucasian Hermetic hypothesis. 
right? You got the Turnet race hypothesis. Then you got the dynastic race theory. We talked about that. So we already know which one uh, <laughs> won out, the black Egyptian hypothesis. We already know that. So you know what I mean? I just want to bring that point. Um, it's just important to kind of show the separation that we got in the community of real scholarship from the pseudo communities, man. It's a great separation right there. Good works left. Mm -mm -mm. Hey, family, I just want to say good night. It is a good show. Um, I'm out. Peace, right. brother. Peace. Peace. All right, man. I guess we about to end it where we at, man. Um, hell, I think did a good job tonight, man. I appreciate y'all jumping in. And the reason we didn't start on time because we was in here going back and forth on our information before we bring it to y'all. And this is what I'm saying. It's a study group, man. Study groups, everybody get to voice their opinions. Uh, and, and we come to certain consensus on the squad. We don't agree with everything, but we'll have a general consensus of what we're talking about. And we just bring that information to y'all. So I appreciate everybody coming through. I appreciate you stepping in that cobble. You killing them in that goddamn chat room. <laughs> killing them. Appreciate you. All right. Um, and I appreciate you coming through us all. Uh, Sister Naya, man. Appreciate you. Brother Reg, appreciate you. Ujao, appreciate you, bro. Make sure y'all be in class. All right. Saturday, 1 to 5. Metropolitan Museum. Be there. What's the address, Ujau? Uh, it's Metropolitan uh, Library. And let me pull it pull back, it back, back. Up. Metropolitan Library, 1332 Metropolitan Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia. If you're in the Atlanta area, come on, come out. It's free. Come check us out. Come kick it. Bring your questions because, you know, we we uh, we're very generous with the time and everything. Matter of fact, the last uh, the last event, Unc yielded his time to um, to another sister who had who started off asking a question. And, you know, that was that was very um, noble or, you know, very uh, generous of Unc to do that. Sister uh, broke some stuff down. We continue the conversation afterwards. So, listen, y'all come out. We have fun. We kick it. Uh, we we introduce and share information with you with everyone and then allow questions and answers. And, you know, we just have a good time. It's free. Uh, we do ask, you know, if you support, we support uh, support the products and everything. That's how we keep this thing going, you know. Um, but we but we give it back. You know, we don't things with the community. Don't want to break people's pockets. But, you know, people can come out and support support. Hey, man, it's free. Um, somebody going to live stream. We might live stream it. Whatever we do. Um, you ain't just coming there live streaming on Facebook. We won't be doing that no more. All right, we want to get our material together. Um, uh, make sure what we're showing is what we needed. We want to be able to edit it. And so, yeah, man, I appreciate everybody, man. Appreciate all support. I love everybody, man. This part of the Raw Squad family, man. Appreciate y'all being there for us. They're doing the good times and being there holding on during the damn bad times, man. I'm a raw squad up with it. What that theme music at Ujau? What that's that? My favorite song, man, by the Mad Job, man. Smash Rock Wells. What that's that, man? We can take us out with that, man. All right, let me give me a second here. Kiki Buildings for a second. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, man, once again, uh, Metropolitan 
library, all right? Um, one to five. Address is 1332 Metropolitan Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30310. Brought to you by Niles Development, Ashe Group. Sister Kenya, appreciate that work. All right. So y'all already know what it is, man. So, you know, hey, look. So, you know, hit us up on the inbox. Uh, any questions about different articles, man, throw it up there. We'll have an informed, intelligent discussion tomorrow. We'll definitely be talking about Lion Lex. <laughs> I hate when I call him that, man. You know what I'm saying? You mis misinforming people with the Mesopotamia thing. You know, we're kind of going to deal with that a little bit. Certain terms he was using. Just to show how incorrect he was, man. Um, man, let me show you a new shoe we got coming out. Why you ain't? Let me see. I ain't seeing that. Put it up real quick. Hey, man. Ab Drew Wear, man. This is a shoe from Ab Drew Wear. Damn, that ain't it. Let me see. Hi. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I hear you. All right. Yes, yes, indeed. All right, go ahead, man. Take us out, man. It's a new shoe from Abjuwear, man. All right. I'm a rock squad up, Magi Arthur's in the building, please believe. Oh shit. Nah. If you ain't signed that no time for that interview, dog. I put my shit out for niggas, I don't send it to blogs. Plan kill off the Buddha, not being discreet. One puff is big pops and projectiles. Between the sheets. Sun run, cold game, bring your cleats. The best flow blow, Eskimo, penguin feet. Don't need no blunt to burn. You run the turf with 10 niggas on the block. That's a punk return. Ayo, Dolomite prototype soldier with the solar light. Saber and he hold it like he hold a mic. Golden ice pendants. Sipping on that overpriced poltergeist spirits. Ripping at the open mic. Spoken nice lyrics like Mama move mean overnight. Golden motorbike holding on some trying shit. That nice neon kit is on it. The king's libation with exotic liqueur. The queen's vibration like a side of Shakur. A lot of the poor imported foreign threads, they ain't got it to store. Nubian Kush, black top pottery jars, 39% THC. The quality pure. Old rappers try to spit ain't hot as before. It's like I'm fine, like the ball bust the shots at the floor. That's rich up the style and they got it in the middle. Cause they gotta keep the uh, see what that weed did? Yes, man, agreeing on everything we said. I smell of the mic like it's the love of my life. Don't get sliced in feet with the butt of the knife. Brother Polite, I say I'm animalistic Cause I still be in the hood with my hand on my pistol The Hebrews think I'm cannibalistic E5 divination, channel the mystic Audio visionary, let's play poetical visionary Picture me burning down your missionary Yeah then I send you religion. That red dot on your head, that's Hindu tradition. Invisible, 
been depending there, didn't transition. I'll bring it all to an end with indivisible games. Charles Xavier, getting your brain. Mental anguish, a manifesting physical pain. Wizard remains to dance in the chemical rain. Breathe slow, then I'm up out of this physical plane. Got military machinery that exercise, weaponized greenery. Shine out of jeopardize the scenery, son. Bruh, the beam can time your distance. Inclines convention. Stop rising with no trend line resistance. The parabolic breakout. I'm F-16 with the aeronautic fake out. Hey man, y'all know we out here, man. Make sure y'all go support Six Dynasty, man. Make sure y'all go ahead and check out the show. That's like one of my favorite shows. Type in the show on YouTube, man. That shit hot, man. Support all the families, man. Mossy Clan Warriors, uh, uh, Mocha University, um, Magi Archers, Sesu uh, Meta Netcher, Voice of Fire. What I'm leaving out, MBK. You know, all lovers is in this piece, man. Black African power. I'm a raw squad up, man. Appreciate y'all support. Peace.